Gary Bay Nerd Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, aka WLTV, and this is BBQ Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet wiener. But listen, Lavernius, shit feet. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> and just like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We're coming to you from Cleveland, where we social distance better than anybody, period. Flattening the curve at breakneck speeds, and you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snappy Snap, slash BBQ Central Show on the books. Still to come on the show in about 13 minutes from now, Sean Ludwig from The Smoke Sheet, perhaps Ryan Cooper. Not sure yet. But at least Sean Ludwig, for sure. All right, so let's get into this. I have teased it long enough. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Barbecue Central Show's American Idol. All right, we are going to find out who is voted off, or perhaps more importantly, who stays on the show, helping me decide those things or helping me announce those things tonight, are the expert judges right there. There's uh, Marley to the left, and Bobby's right there in the middle. Maddie's right there, top right. And it looks like Chewy Louie the First has also made a guest appearance. He probably won't have too much to say. But that's all right. He's ready to rock and roll. I love it when kids are on camera and they have no idea they're on camera. Fabulous. All right. Girls, are you ready to rock and roll here? Yes. yes. All right, here we go. Can you now, hear me? I can, can hear you. Can you hear me? Forgive my red eye. Yes. It's allergy season, I everybody. All right. Shh, shh, here we go. You can't hear yourself? No. Yeah. Wait. I can hear you. Can I hear myself now? How about now? No. Yeah. Yeah. Better? Yeah. All right. Everybody else good with the heat on their ears? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And here we go. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So here we go. Last week, the expert judges sat in. As we all had our hand, myself, John Solberg, Doug Scheiding, Jeff Reiser, sang the smash 70s hit by Thin Lizzy Super, or the Supergloop Thin Lizzy Jailbreak, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now, in case you forgot what that sounded like, (laughs) we will run through some bits here. For instance, first up, was Jeff Reiser, or as we call him in the YouTube stage, Reiser, and here's what he sounded like. 
Tonight there's gonna be a jailbreak Somewhere in this town See me and the boys, we don't like it So we're getting up and going down Hiding low, looking right to left If you see us come, I think it's best What do you think? Very good, right? Yeah, not bad Yep, good, good Alright now, let's quickly go through the panel Marley, what did you... What I don't remember exactly what you said last week, but what what are your thoughts as you listen back again? Um, I don't remember it. Great not, answer. No, 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 no. Great I'm answer. I'm trying to think of what I need to say. You need to come back to me. Hey, hey. Bobby, your thoughts as you hear this again on Jeff Reister. I thought that he talked more than saying... And that I really can't hear myself, so I don't know how I sound. You sound fine. Um, maybe a little pitchy at some parts. Um, and- Maddie? Pretty much the same as what Bobby said. It was more uh, talking than singing. It was a little pitchy. And now I have listened to the original song. Uh-huh. So I know uh, what I'm listening for. All right. That was just not it. That, that was not it. All right. No, sir. Okay, then... We had John Solberg, Michigan Embedded Correspondent. If you don't recall what his sounded like, here you go. Tonight there's gonna be a jailbreak somewhere in this town. See me and the boys, we don't like it. So we're getting up and going down. Hiding low, looking right to left. If you see us coming, I think it's best. All right, there you go. That's what John sounded like, as you recall. Maddie, we'll go back to you. Your thoughts as you hear it back again from last week. Um, that's just talking, not singing. Um, I didn't get this the first time, but he also said looking right to left, not right to left. No. Oh, um, now no, we're we're becoming not, we're becoming very yeah. we're sticklers on the lyrics. Yes, those are not the words. All right, Bobby, your thoughts as you listen back from a week ago. I appreciate how you tried to move on after that slip up, Greg. But he did more talking than singing, and I just think he held back from his full potential. All right. Uh, Marley, your thoughts as you listen back? I would have to agree with Bobby and Maddie. You're, he's talking. Not, he's not singing. You want more singing is what you're saying. Yes. All right. I need to get... He needs to be more into it. the lows. I want to feel the passion. Got it. All right. Uh, third up was the longest-running correspondent of the show, Doug Scheiding from Texas. Here's what he sounded like. Tonight there's gonna be a jailbreak somewhere in this town. See me in the boys, we like it. So we're getting up and going down. Hiding low, looking right to left. If you see us coming, I think it's best. All right, that's what Doug sounded like. The girls, don't chastise me. You told me to turn it up. All right, uh, Marley, your thoughts? Um, I like how you were actually singing. That's but... not me. What? That's Doug. I know. Oh, I okay. like how he was actually singing, but yeah. the music was going over you. All right. Bobby? Um, yeah, I agree. The music Music was hot. overcame your voice. I think if you could balance it out, you would have done better. Maddie? Yeah, just what they said. Music was too loud. Your voice was too quiet. But it was more singing than talking. More singing than talking. Still, right? Got a lot of that. Of course, uh, I ended it. Here's what that sounded like. Tonight is gonna be a jailbreak. Some 
nowhere in this town So me and the boys, we don't like it So we're getting up and going down Hot and low, looking right to left If you see us coming, I think that it's best All right, there you go. Maddie, your thoughts? Not good. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby? You could have done better. And Marley? I don't think it was you still. Okay. Well, I mean, it was still me, but... Auto-tune. All right, here we go. (laughs) After America voted, the first one safe, Doug Shiding. Did great. Good job. Embedded correspondent, longest running. Doug Shiding makes it in. (laughs) All right. Now we continue on with our second safely into April. Your humble host, Greg Rempe. Wow. Safely in. Okay. I think it's good. I'm pretty happy. Glad I can go back into the next round. All right, so that leaves it all to this. Who's going to make it? Ricer or John Solberg? Quickly around the room. Barley, who do you think is going to make it? Ricer. Bobby. Ricer. Maddie. Ricer. The votes have been tallied. Moving on to the next round. Budding YouTube sensation Jeff Reiser. Wow, we. So there you have your final three Jeff Rice, Doug Shiding, your humble host. And we are. Looking to bring on. Is he there? Are you there, caller? Caller, I'm here. Here he is. John Solberg. A great sport. There he is. All right, John, so let's talk about it. You've heard what the judges have had to say now two weeks in a row. Uh, I would say borderline merciless, but uh, what have you learned from this experience? Well, first of all, it's disappointing to uh, be eliminated, but someone had to go. I'm going to take what the judges said moving forward and get back into this competition next year. Do you think that there's going to be a season two of American Idol Barbecue Central Show Edition, John? I, absolutely. You I've do? I've practicing all week. Oh, all right. <laughs> Implementing some of the advice that the girls were giving? 100%. Right. I, I intended on going on. So. Proper uh, song selection and working on my singing, retraining my speaking voice, yes. which I've tried to train so well into a non-speaking voice, mm. and I can do that. All right, uh, Maddie, uh, any thoughts for John before we leave? Keep up the hard work. All right, Bobby? I think you have real potential. I just think you might have been a little scared, and you <laughs> held yourself back, and that's what hurt you. All right, and uh, Bobby <laughs> or uh, Marley, your thoughts for John? I think if there's a season two, you will do great if you take our advice. Wow, all right. I will do that, and I will do well. All right, uh, John, uh, I, A, thank you for coming on and playing this season, and uh, hopefully you will watch as the rest of us do to see how the rest of the show runs through the next few months. But uh, thank you so much, my friend. 
Thank you all. There he is. John Solberg from Michigan. He's out. How about that? All right, girls, what do you think? Good show. Good show. Amazing. Let's pick a song that I know next time. All right. Well, I can can tell you this. Yes. We listened to it in my room upstairs before he came down. Yes. Yeah, the real one. All right. Cool. Who was the closest? What do you mean? Me. Who's the closest? Oh, I don't know. I think none of you. Oh. Yeah. Well, the benefit of making it into the second round of the show is what? You get to pick your song this time. Everybody's not singing the same song, so... Yeah, I like to mix it up. You will have... I have some recommendations. All right. Well, I already have my song picked out. I'm looking forward to your song. And if any of the other competitors are looking for input from the judges, they can email me, and otherwise, that's going to do it. All right, ladies, thanks for coming in tonight. Thank you for We'll see you us. next month. See ya. On the American Idol Barbecue Central Show Edition. Wow. And we thank John Solberg for calling in. So fun. Well, let me get my screens back up here as we're going to be hitting up Sean Ludwig. At a minimum, Sean Ludwig. Perhaps a Ryan Cooper. We'll see you on that. Uh, Let me talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. Always believing that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because it can be with the Monolith Guru Edition Grill. Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control and greater freedom. With automatic pit temperature controls, easily choose your cooking time and temperature and let the Monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill. Each and every time, you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals. Easy to do. And if you already have a Barbecue Guru controller, just hook it up to the fan that's already built in there, and away you go. It also comes with a bunch of really neat accessories, so they're not jobbing you out, making you buy the cooker and then the nest and then these utensils and these accessories. No, no. Fully complete. A lot of cool stuff. Saving you cash, and again, if you have a controller, go ahead and hook it up. You're ready to go. If you have any questions, you call them bbqguru.com website wise or 800 288 GURU. That's 800 288 GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back right after this. Stick around. Visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasts of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence. 
only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion of the show brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures, just like Phil Luswick will be able to do here shortly. Simultaneously, connect Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home. Fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com. Or call 816-945-2232. And again, fireboard.com. My guest in the second hour doing the down and dirty work of barbecue journalism. One of the creators of something called The Smoke Sheet, which is released each and every week, actually Wednesdays, to keep you up to speed on the live fire industry. We race to the hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Sean Ludwig. Hey, Sean. Hey, Greg. How are you? I am fabulous. Appreciate you making time for the show. I know we were uh, game-timing Ryan Cooper. And uh, before we get into some of the things we want to talk about, in case folks aren't familiar with uh, what Ryan has been battling here over the last number of months, can you give us a a brief span of uh, what happened and where he's sitting at current day? Absolutely. Um, Yes, my good friend Ryan last year um, was diagnosed with colon cancer, um, came kind of out of nowhere, and uh, he's been battling that um, very steadily and getting better um, every month. He's getting better. He's fighting. A lot of support from the barbecue community has come in and helped him. So we really appreciate all that support. And um, he's still been working on the smoke sheet with me. And uh, it's been really, uh, it's been really surprisingly good process and um he's doing better it's just that uh today happened to be a chemo treatment day and unfortunately on a chemo treatment day and i don't know anyone out there who's kind of gone through this and i personally haven't had in my close family haven't had to go through this process but you know one or two days um maybe longer after the treatment you're in kind of a now, not not great spot usually. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, he's um, recovering, and um, he just he texted me earlier. He's like, "Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling up for it, but you know, good luck, buddy. You got this." Yep, no doubt about it. We wish Ryan continued success in his fight, and whenever he feels well enough to come back on, whenever that next time is, we're more than happy to have him. Now, uh, you know, aside from uh, Ryan's, uh, you know, most catastrophic uh, diagnosis and now fight that he's putting up. Uh, you, you yourself were minding your own business and jaunting over to Italy. Uh, by the way, uh, much like Howard Stern and I uh, share a similar sentiment, I would never leave this country. Not that this particular situation uh, doesn't matter if you're leaving the country or not. But you uh, hopped a plane and went over to Italy. And uh, so this was a planned vacation or was this business slash barbecue related or both? This was absolutely the opposite of barbecue and business. It was just purely pleasure. And uh, it was planned, uh, we're talking six months in advance. Yeah. You know, this is something that had been on the books for a while. Um, and, and this is interesting. When we started going over there, things started seeming weird when it came to coronavirus and stuff like that. And it, the, the situation in Italy was just getting started. Like it was just kind of beginning to, to materialize. And by the time we left, we were there for um, a little more than 10 days. Um, we felt like it went from, you know, feeling like, you know, a little bit of discontent there to being suddenly it felt like everyone was a little unnerved um, when we left. So we were glad that we got out when we did, which is um, about a month ago. And it as we've 
been watching this develop in Italy and then later here, it's been so crazy that we even, um, so my now fiance actually proposed while I was there. So, um, Whoa, a congratulations. Uh, <laughs> Look at you. Wow. It was a very eventful trip <laughs> yeah, uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah, running away from, uh, running away from coronavirus and running into my, uh, fiance's now fiance's arms. Uh, so it, it really was an eventful trip, but we came back and we basically self-quarantined ourselves because we came back, we're coming back from Italy. So we were like, we're going to just do the right thing. Even though there was nobody at the airport to give us a pamphlet, even a pamphlet or take our temperature or anything. When we came back, the, the lack of anyone at the airport, when you're coming back from Italy and being like, what's going on guys, you're not going to like ask us anything. Like what's going on here? It was really weird, man. But uh, we we were the good citizens. We self-quarantined ourselves. And I think, you know, we came out of quarantine and then everyone else is going into quarantine now mm. in the United in, in especially in New York. Um, it's very strange here. And um, we're just trying to get by now. When you are over in Italy, compared to how you're seeing it unfold here, do they have newscasts that are saying, hey, this thing is emerging or. Uh, we don't think it's going to be too terribly bad, but you want to take precaution. Like, w- what kind of a social heads up are you getting? And where are you specifically? Are you in the normal tourist jaunt? We were in uh, primarily in Rome and Florence. And the thing is, the attitude there at that moment was actually like, you know, up. At, it's really all in the north. Like, everyone we had talked to pretty much is like, it's pretty much Milan, a little bit of Venice, and some of the towns outside of it. And those places have been locked down. So we don't really expect to see a lot of things going on where we're at. Um, but the, you know, the progression of things and public transit and freedom of movement means, well, it's spread around the country. And um, it's one of the most devastating things that country has been you know absolutely devastated by the coronavirus and we're just hoping you know hoping praying etc that it's not going to be as bad in the united states but it's already getting a little scary especially up here in new york did you think that when you got back here you wouldn't see the same level of magnitude as happened in italy because obviously if you look at the news we have the most cases ever. We're trending higher than anybody. I mean, certainly we have a lot of people here, and there's a lot of densely populated areas here in this country, so that's not helping anything. But did you think that when you got back here, it was safer? I think upon coming back, we felt a little bit better to be back in the United States. I mean, just just from a comfort uh, you know, the, standpoint? Yeah, I mean, think about, I mean, you've probably, you know, mentioned Daniel Vaughn's situation, but, you know, the thing, being stuck in another country um, and not being able to, you know, if you get sick or you have problems, not being able to be in your own country when that's going on, I mean, like, I'd rather be sick here than sick in Italy. I'd rather be with my family, my friends, have emotional support, have people here. Like, I'm glad that we were able to come back and we were able to come back just in time before things really spiked there. Um, but it was really scary. I mean, like that is a that's something that looking back on now, I mean, I've been flamed on Twitter over conveying the sort of normalcy that was going on there when we were there um, in relation to, you know, news media and things were starting to amplify there and especially the American media were amplifying how big of a deal this was. But I think on the ground, we were not sensing any of that. Everyone we talked to pretty much were like, nah, it's it's going to it's going to blow over. It's mostly in the north. It's contained. Um, we're going to be fine. 
um, that's also what made me worried when I came back. Because as things intensified there and in the United States, you know, we still have people hanging out on the beach down in Florida right now, like <laughs> not taking this, not taking it seriously. So I think like we are, we're going to continue to see this, you know, intensify here probably for another at least month. We're going to have, you know, a big spike. So unfortunately. Yeah. Sean Ludwig joining me here on the show, uh, NYCBBQ is his handle on Instagram. It's uh, nycbbq.com, uh, just from a regular website as well, correct? Yes, that is correct. All right. Uh, so let's talk about the smoke sheet and the barbecue scene. Uh, obviously, you are uh, in New York City, Brooklyn, I believe. So what kind of a uh, – and New York is obviously the hotspot, uh, so the city is basically locked down to a large degree. Uh, essential – is the only thing that you're really allowed to do. Are you even bothered doing that or like what's your day to day look like in the city? You know, it's interesting is, um, so my fiance has uh, a dog and we take the dog out for walks because you're not going to just, this is actually something even in Italy, they're allowed to take your dog out for walks. Um, but you know what, you don't want your dog going in your place. That's just not, you know, yeah. you live in a, in a small apartment. You don't need the dog going in, in your apartment. Uh, but anyway, so we actually go out a few times a day to take the dog out and we don't, we're not going to any shops or anything. We're not like hanging out, but the amount of people that are out and about and still doing stuff is almost kind of crazy given oh. that like times square is empty, but people are still going to the grocery store, going to the pharmacy, going to the doctor, going to the hospital. Um, going to the park because you're allowed to go outside. You're not just, you need to keep your distance from people. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to the point where they even lock us down more. Mm. That could happen. Uh, but we are just trying to roll with the punches, try to stay safe, wash our hands all the time, um, and keep our distance from everybody. We get nervous when we just get close to people. Like we forget like, you know, anywhere near a stranger. We're just like, take a step back, man. You know, like, do you read? <laughs> Step back. Do you think that that's going to subside rapidly once we get on the other side of this thing? Or do you think that we will become a more distanced society where handshaking might go away and hugging and kissing on the cheeks and all this? I wouldn't be surprised if um, generally we, we distance ourselves more uh, until at least we have a vaccine. This thing's not going to go away until there's a vaccine. So if we just sort of extrapolate a little bit, like we're not going to get until next year before we have a vaccine, probably. So then we really should. We're going to have to take more precautions. When restaurants eventually do reopen, they'll be opened at less capacity. Well, it'll be a slow transition back into normalcy. And um, I think everyone's going to have to be more, you know, uh, sanitary um, you know, you're going to probably have to, to, yeah, every restaurant is going to have like a, a hand, uh, sanitizer station right at the front door. Uh, you know, you, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get to the situation where, you know, every other table is allowed to have people, but like, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be a transition period. Um, I'll tell you here, restaurants are hurting. I know they're hurting all over the country, yeah. but our barbecue restaurants and our restaurants in general are hurting bad up here. Um, and it's, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, New York is one of the best restaurant scenes in the country. Yeah. And a lot of those workers are, you know, worried about paying rent tomorrow. Um, and so that's really scary for them. Um, I'm hopeful that um, the, you know, this short term 
stimulus bill is going to help some people. Um, it's going to help some restaurants, not all restaurants. Um, I just hope that another stimulus bill basically gets passed to help restaurants, basically help restaurants, restaurant workers, more grants, less loans, um, stuff that's really going to help um, our restaurants. Because right now, I mean, we're looking at a, I don't know, at least probably a quarter of our restaurants are going to die off here from this. So The barbecue restaurants specifically, when you think of a barbecue restaurant, you think somebody's taken over the Tasty Freeze or they've built a brick and mortar that is more fast casual. So you're walking in, they're going to cut it, give it to you, and then maybe you go outside, uh, not necessarily a, an eat-in area or a full-service restaurant. Does New York have a lot of those? Or are they built in more of the traditional go in, sit down, here's a menu, and we're going to do a full-service eating situation? We've got a, a good mix of sit down, um, more like a, a regular restaurant situation where somebody comes and takes your order. We have several places that are counter service where you go up, you know, get your get your food and go sit at, sit at a table. Um, and we also have fast casual, like you know, Mighty Quinns, for example. You've probably heard of Mighty Quinns, but um, you know, they they have a national footprint at this point, yep. and they start in New York. And the thing is, like, I think they're well positioned to deal with this situation because they've already had a very strong takeout and delivery infrastructure before this happened. And I think every restaurant now is going to have to have a really strong takeout and delivery infrastructure. Um, being on all the apps, even if you hate the apps, you know, you got to be on the apps to have some kind of traction. Um, if you have enough of a loyal fan base, you can actually just get everyone to call in your order um, or do some kind of like, you know, um, I don't know, email order system or whatever. I know some guys in Texas have done email orders, um, but basically to get around the delivery fees um, that those third-party apps um, throw at you. But what I think really is going to be is any anyone who started you know before this crisis with a really strong takeout and delivery game, and that was primarily how they structured their business, or let's say it was 50% of the revenue, is in a decent position to weather some of these challenges now because they had probably had less staff. Um, the, the model wasn't solely focused on bringing people in. It was just about getting the food out the door. When we get on the other side of it, do you think that we will have a more knowledgeable restaurant base of being prepared or preparing for something like this? Will they see a lot of internal changes on how they're operating their business? So if something like this happens or when it happens again, they'll be able to pivot and continue to, well, at least stay in business, not necessarily thrive until it uh, reworks itself so they can go back to a traditional business model? I honestly don't know if the restaurant model is ever going to be designed in such a way that it can weather something like this. Like the restaurants are always have thin margins anyway, especially barbecue restaurants. You know, brisket, it's like um, you lose money by selling brisket. Yeah. So the re barbecue restaurants need to have people coming in the door, generally speaking, need people to come in the door, need people to buy drinks, need to have a real sense of community. And, you know, that unfortunately is not conducive to our current environment. And I really, I do worry about, you know, an event, another event like this, you know, the only way that we are able to get ready for it is by having a, a playbook, right? Is I know that if this happens, I need the government to do X, their part, and on my part, I unfortunately have to lay off half of my staff 
they need to immediately go on employment. And the second that this thing turns around, I can try to get them back or get most of my staff back. So it's, you know, it's about having, you know, foresight. I don't think most restaurants had a game plan for a pandemic, unfortunately. So when the restaurants look to get their staff back, is that now going to be a task that nobody's really thinking about how hard that actually might be? Or is the thought that everybody, there's just going to be a vast multitude of people to pick from? And if I'm not getting John back, who was originally with me, I'll get Tom, Dick, or Harry. It won't matter. I would argue, make an argument, especially from the barbecue joints that I've talked to, that a lot of them have basically made a really strong connection with their workers, and they basically have made you know an agreement with them. Listen, I'm not laying you off because I want to lay you off. I'm laying you off because it's the only way for this to, this business to survive in any kind of way, and I'm going to have to ask you to take unemployment for two months. And then I'm going to bring you back as soon as I'm able to. Either that means I have a loan where I can actually, you know, pay payroll again, or I can um, just kind of get the business spun up again enough to where I can bring back a lot of my workers. Um, I think it's going to be really difficult. I don't think that, um, you know, if I, let's say I was working at a barbecue joint and um, I, you know, was a, a cook or I was, you know, running tables. I don't think this would be the time where I would want to run to another restaurant um, unless I guess I really hated my job. But I would do I would only go to another restaurant if I couldn't get my old job back. Right. I mean, like I had a good job. I like the people I work with. We had a system, whatever. I think it's going to be a lot of shakeups. But I think a lot of these barbecue joints that I know are going to be able to get some of their staff back. Uh, from a coverage standpoint, what's hot on the smoke sheet right now? What are you guys going to be releasing tomorrow? We actually had two issues in a row where we were talking about the impact of coronavirus on events and barbecue restaurants. We decided on this issue to be a little lighter. I just realized that it's you know April first tomorrow, you know, April Fools or whatever. We're not doing any of that crap. By the way, I hope I hope breaking I hope, uh, breaking news Central breaking news, Sean. I didn't know if you knew this or not. Go, go ahead. Uh, tonight is the last show of the Barbecue <laughs> Central show forever. Thought I'd throw that Man. out. Yeah, believe it or well, not. Well, I'm glad I I'm glad I got yeah. in right, right at the last second. You're right. I've got a thing for timing. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I think um, tomorrow is a little lighter. We're going to feature some fun, a few fun recipes that we picked out. That you know, let's say you're a little more quarantined or self isolating or whatever, um, and you want to do some cool stuff on your backyard. Here's a few fun recipes to check out that you know we think would be fun, and we'll definitely be diving back into the impact of coronavirus on restaurants and events. But like for now, I think you know, think about this. Generally speaking, a lot of our restaurants are just hanging on. If you're out there and you haven't bought a gift card to your favorite uh, favorite barbecue joint or haven't bought anything from your favorite barbecue joint right now, this is the time to do it if you want them to survive. That's just like going to be the the message for bar- saving your barbecue restaurants right now is really important to you. You need to you basically need to use the next like week or two to support them. Um, and then for events, you know, next few months we're not we're going to be barbecue eventless. Um, which in a way is interesting. Ryan is, you know, still recovering. And because some of these events are being postponed, he actually might be able to uh, go to some of these events in the fall now because they're being postponed, um, as granted that his health, you know, is back to 100%. So, um, you know, let's hope, um, you know, a lot of these big events get to, you know, happen big in fall. 
let's hope Ryan and I can go to a lot of these awesome events and, and bring, you know, the, the barbecue scoop to everybody. And I just hope that we get on the other side of this soon and that our barbecue joints can get back to, uh, to where they were. Uh, you can find Sean Ludwig at nycbbq.com or follow them on social at nycbbq at BBQ Tourist for Ryan Cooper if you want to give him a follow if you're not following these guys already. And then be sure to subscribe to the Smoke Sheet. Uh, where do you do that at, Sean? So you can subscribe to the Smoke Sheet at bbqnewsletter.com. All right, easy enough. So go over there and subscribe if you haven't already. Sean, really appreciate the time and the catch-up. We'll do it again. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Craig. All right, you got it. There he is. That's Sean Ludwig. NYC BBQ on the socials and nycbbq.com. So he keeps a really good website. And then, of course, the smoke sheet is great. A lot of people are loving the smoke sheet as it comes out. A lot of great tips on uh, who to listen to and what to read and stuff that's coming up. He said, obviously, a little light on the competition stuff and things that are coming up for crowd purposes. But be on the lookout for the new one being released tomorrow. By the way, I'm getting a lot of emails saying, oh, tomorrow or tonight's the last show. No, April Fool's early. Can I request that nobody go out of their way to do the April Fool's bit? It's like somebody that's older than 14 dressing up for Halloween. Don't do that. I will talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking supplies, getting you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. They have the rubs, right? That's right, 13 perfectly balanced flavors, popular like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Regular Money, Happy Ending, Double Secret Steak Rub, Little Louis Season, Salt, the list goes on. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for a new go-to sauce, if you're a little tired of what's currently existing out in the market now, I understand. You want something that's great out of the bottle, or maybe you're lazy and you don't want to make your own base sauce, use the Granny's as a base and then tweak from there. Now, aside from the sauces and rubs, you know what they got. Cookers. That's right. Those kids messing around with that temperature. Premium pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers. If you're looking for a versatile cooker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers is the exclusive Mac dealer, and they even offer special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers, take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, you really can't go wrong with anything that Big Papa Smokers sells. They have something for every kind of budget and backyard cook. If you have any questions, you give them a call at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. And speaking of Big Papa Smokers, we'll talk to them next. Stick around. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. 
This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, who have now acquired Barrel House Cooker, the Glanvilles have. It's the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or a professional, it's definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Pit Barrel Cooker. All right, my next guest tonight appears on the show semi-frequently, and he makes some of the best rubs in the business. Also, probably one of the most prolific barbecue competition cooks over the last 10 years, and we're here to talk food and virus and music and all that stuff. It is Sterling Ball, and might I add, the first time he is ever appearing via Skype, he is a real human, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? Hey, Sterling. Hi, Greg. How are you, my friend? Very fine. We're having a great show, and I'm finally happy that you were able to appear on a different barbecue podcast other than mine that required you to use Skype, so now we can connect in and see those movie star good looks. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's hard being next to you, though. You know, Is it? Your, nat- your natural Cleveland good looks. It just... <laughs> Yeah, natural Cleveland good looks. I don't know if those words can actually be used together. So, Oxymoron. Uh, now, let me start out by saying this. Your Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame designation officially has been moved to semi-recurring. I don't recall how we erred on the one-off guest, but your appeal was taken to the Brain Trust. We held many high-level meetings to discuss and track back, and we all agreed that there was just a simple mistake made between decisions and categories. You got inadvertently moved into the one-off. We didn't notice until you mentioned it a number of times, which, of course, you should have mentioned it. So I say this with all sincerity, and I wanted to be the first to congratulate you on being moved to the semi-recurring Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. I assume you have a speech ready. Well, at my age, I'm happy with the semi. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh. Indeed, indeed. So uh, I'm, I'm glad. I don't know. I, I feel bad that somehow that uh, fell through the cracks. But you have an eagle eye when it comes to uh, awards ego. and designations. It's right? called ego. Oh, eye. oh, <laughs> eagle. ego eye. Ego eye. That's right. Uh, Sterling Ball joining us here. BigPapaSmokers.com. Um, we have talked a number of times uh, over the last couple weeks as the coronavirus has swept through the nation to a lot of people in the restaurant business or in the food periphery, hard times. But are there oh. are there industries within the sect that we like that are actually, I'm not going to say benefiting, but aren't seeing near the downturn? For instance, you're an online retailer. You purvey your own rubs. You purvey also a number of other rubs. Are you seeing uh, as good of business as you ever have? Because guess what? People are home. Uh, people are now being forced to cook by and large, for the most part. And, of course, we all know that live fire is growing in the backyard like crazy. Absolutely. And, no, we're doing really well, and we're open, which is uh, really – we're really fortunate. Uh, we're pretty proactive, both from Ernie Ball and Big Papa Smokers, you know, my two companies. And we were working remotely about 10 days before the government asked us to. And, uh, you know, we've uh, been practicing social distancing. I used to call that competing in barbecue, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Ahead of your but time. The, well, what what happened is that we've we've really uh, taken it seriously, and we're not getting hit as hard in California as other places. But you know, Guitar Center, the biggest customer in the music business, just uh, 
furloughed 9,000 workers and closed wow. 263 stores for a month. Uh, Europe's a mess. So from the music business side, I mean, we're still operating on a limited basis there. Uh, we're going to be fine, but this is this is the most serious um, event and economic event I've ever seen. And, and unfortunately, it's coupled with a very, very tragic uh, illness. But, you know, in, in the past, businesses like barbecue and, and music were considered almost recession proof. But I don't think anybody but face mask makers are going to uh, are going to come out of this hole. And it's going to take a long time. Yep. It's going to take a lot of patience, too. Well, when they talk about percentages uh, forecasted unemployment, it surpasses Great Depression. I mean, you you hear about the Great Depression, and it was like uh, back in the 1930s, and did that really even happen? Because most of those people are dead anyway, and it was just something you read in the history books. And if this comes to fruition, we'll have we'll have eclipsed that. And at this stage in the game, it seems almost unfathomable that we could reach that. Yeah, you know, we haven't furloughed anyone. Uh, there's some voluntary furloughs. If you're not if you're not comfortable, we have just under 500 employees. So, um, one thing we said, hey, look, we're, we're committed for 58 years. We've made payroll in California. We'd like to continue to do that, and throughout this crisis, and then for hopefully 58 more years. Yeah. But anybody that's uncomfortable in working, there's nothing punitive. They're furloughed, and we're extending benefits. But it's been a high percentage really want to keep their job and maybe value their job a little bit more when we talk about being home or shuttered in place uh, or whatever and we just mentioned it a couple minutes ago as far as you know people cooking a lot more i know aside from the competition stuff sterling you're a very passionate cook in general inside outside uh hybrid of both whatever uh, getting it mixed up in with the guys over at bj's and helping them with some recipe development so what have you been up to from a, a recipe standpoint that you're really excited about and maybe you could share with us so we could take a crack at it here over the next couple of days. I got lazy. Okay. I got, I figured, okay, I'm practicing for barbecue all the time because I still do practice all the time. And it's just, you know, my kids are gone. So it's just my wife and I, little Louie. And, uh, you know, we started doing more delivery and more going out. And, you know, I was rationalizing, like, no, I cook enough anyway, but I've had so much fun cooking. And I've cooked only a couple times outside. Uh, you know, my background is cooking. As, as my hobby, my whole adult life has been cooking. So, I mean, whether it was going through the Italian uh, thing, and like Tuffy Stone and I, we spend most of our time talking about cookbooks and other cooks and very little about barbecue. So it's been really exciting for me to cook other things and also um, try and show some uh, some of the people. So we've been doing a lot more content uh I've been filming more content uh, because I think, and it's it's less competition specific. It's more about lighting a fire outside and trying to create recipes that that please people with that are pretty easy and accessible. And that's so I've been doing that. I did um, I think I've done eight videos this month like that. But then I've done since I self quarantine. You know, I cook every day and I've got a backlog of stuff, but I know you follow my personal Instagram and yep. see some of the stuff. Oh, I mean, it's all delicious. So, uh, I mean, are there, you know, when I talk to folks that are either real foodies like yourself or, or chefs, they always seem to gravitate towards a, a certain genre. Do you have, you know, if, if you just had a bunch of ingredients, do you gravitate towards, you know, one kind of food or the other? 
Well, you know, I started by stumbling into a supermarket like when I was like 20 and seeing this paperback Italian, northern Italian cookbook by Biba Gaggiano. And I cooked every recipe in that book twice. And I have, you know, walls of cookbooks, but I now just read them and look at them for inspiration. But really, um, I don't. I don't. I haven't cooked a recipe from the book forever. <laughs> but what's really great is the challenge of iron chefing and and pantry cleaning. Like <laughs> the other the other day, I had a nice, beautiful Tyson pork tenderloin, and um, how am I going to cook it? So I went to the pantry. There's very little in the pantry, and there was a jar of Kroger's uh, bacon hot pepper jelly. There was a thing of a uh, mm. chicken stock. There was some Dijon mustard and some granny's. And that became my sweet and spicy bacon uh, glazed pork tenderloin. Yeah, which was really good, by the way. So it, it's it's just been fun. It's been everything from skillet tacos to um, some some hearty uh, comfort food, and it's got me more excited about cooking. I mean, it's got me. I'm really looking forward to it uh, to continuing. Uh, so you know, anytime there's something bad that happens. You try and figure out how you're going to come out of it with a better vision goal or way of doing things. I mean, when my son got sick, we raised a lot of money to help other kids get well. Uh, in in this downturn, that's kind of reinvigorated me. I want to be committed more to teaching and um, and having fun. But listen, Greg, I still love competition barbecue, and I love the process of competition barbecue. Um, so I'm still going to do that for probably three more years. I've kind of given myself that and I'm losing a year right now. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, we maybe had our first discussion here on the show, maybe going back 10 years or so. Uh, has it been 10 years since you won the American Royal? Uh, 2012, but I think I was on before then. But that's okay. Maybe that's the first time. But it was 2012. So, I mean, we, we've been going on a number of years uh, chatting here. So, you know, all the way back then, 10, 11, 12 years ago, competition barbecue looked like X. Fast forward to 2020, competition looks like wherever it is today. What's the biggest change that you've seen in those years? Well, 10 years ago when I started, you needed a quiet time. Now, a quiet time is kind of dumb because everybody's asleep. Look, the, the cooking process changed. And, uh, you know, we used to cook overnight. And we used to lack, load the cabinet smoker up and put the pork butts above the brisket and let them drip down on the brisket that cooked all night. And uh, the first king of the smoker, most of the teams cooked uh, low and slow overnight. But hot and fast, people started going to sleep and uh, getting their sleep. Uh, you know, the scale of it changed. Uh, the amount of room it takes to have a barbecue contest is is stifling and and not necessarily a positive um the fact that you used to have to prov- provide a generator but it was the generator that you'd use would be maybe for a light or a, a boom box and now it's i mean when we do the guinea pig we have some teams that need 76 80 feet to do the contest and wow. we're 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 big too so we're guilty of that but now you know power never works the whole contest and now you're going to see a situation, you know, Craig, for years I talked about what I saw that could happen bad in barbecue. And I, I know a lot of people hated me for what I said, or I got all the feedback, but it's kind of happened. Yep. You know, it's, it, it's, um, you got a problem because the basic thing, the cooks aren't particularly objective and they're participating in something where there's 
subjectivity in the judging and maybe inconsistently too. So you have somebody that might not be completely objective and their hobby is aimed straight at something that's subjective and it's a, <laughs> it just doesn't, it's kind of a problem. Yeah. Do you have any thought? Uh, we, we have no idea when we're going to get on the other side of this coronavirus. Obviously, there, there aren't going to be any barbecue competitions, KCBS, FBA, St. Louis, and or otherwise for the foreseeable future. But let's assume we get on the other side of this thing beginning of August or end of August. Do you think that there will be a abbreviated competition season? And if so, does that potentially make it, from a high level, more exciting because everybody's going to be a lot closer to each other than they were for the three months that, or four months that teams have a chance to run away from a bunch of other people. You know, I don't, I don't see it being August when it kicks in. Uh, you know, I'm watching it. There's, there's hot areas and there's, um, you know, California, it hasn't developed as they predicted. Uh, and, and a lot of areas. So I really, um, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say this stuff and make it sound like I'm not being sensitive to the thing because it's real and it's horrible. Yeah. But I mean, two weeks you're going to see a lot of things peak, and you know August is a long way off, and I think that's hard to do. And I think there would at least. I don't think it's going to be something where they necessarily turn on the switch. I think that you're going to see gradual uh, relaxation of the shelter in place and some of the stuff. I think that for a long time until there's a virus, there's going to be social distancing. But I, I think if it goes to the end of August, it's kind of hard to have a season then yep. to me. I mean, it's just kind of maybe this, you know, this was a practice. I saw a t-shirt yesterday. that says 2020 sucks. I thought that was a pretty good shirt. <laughs> yeah. It's been uh it's been kind of a, a, a bummer year, depending on, you know, how you look at, it, especially with this thing. Um, well, if, if, if I end now, I'm third in KCBS. Yeah, well, hey, always good to be in the top ten, Sterling, no matter what. Top five, yeah. too. Top three. How about that? Yeah. yeah. No, it's – um, I, I want to compete. I want to compete. I want to see the other people that uh, that I enjoy their company, which are quite a bit of them. And, you know, I like cooking at bar. I like cooking breakfast at barbecue contests, the dinner, before I hate the awards. As you know, I don't go. Yeah. Uh, so – no, I miss it. I think everybody really misses. I think, you know, what's happened in California is there's fewer contests, but we've had high team counts. I mean, other than maybe Yuma, Arizona, which was a first time contest, we've we've had big fields. People people want to cook, and you know, one of the things instead of looking at competition barbecue is doing so poorly, we might have had too many contests there for a while. Okay, because I've tracked the contests over the last ten years and. Probably fewer contests isn't a bad thing and doesn't necessarily mean competition barbecues dying, but, um, you know, it certainly needs help. It needs, we need to take some bold steps. I think we need to get rid of power. I think you, uh, it's the single most expensive thing a promoter does. And we, we pioneered that with the guinea pig and it really needs to go to the cook's pockets. Um, but you know, I think fewer contests, I mean, we don't have a problem fill, filling fields here. And I bet you most places won't now that there's fewer contests. So maybe uh, addition by subtraction. Well, yeah, maybe it expanded too much. You know, Chad, I was listening earlier. Chad something said something great about contests too, is that it's it, as a business, it's a three-year deal. And you know, he said because it's you're buying things and stuff, you're really learning how to do it. You're learning your market. But one of the problems and expectations is you have people who aren't event managers or producers and they put on a contest for a charity or whatever. 
And it's just like a startup. The first year of the startup isn't going to make money. And I think we got to do a better job of, of providing them with, with ideas and training and keeping them from making some of those mistakes, but explaining to them that it's really a, a three-year process. But uh, too many contests are one and done, I think, because yeah. their expectations are that it should make money from, from day one. And that's sort of hard to find this day. Uh, Sterling, I'm going to ask you a potentially abrasive question. Are you the cook for Big Papa Smokers, or is it really James the Flint? Yeah, um, you know, that's really it, – it frustrates James. It frustrates me. Um, but, you know, it, it's kind of good for me, too, because it's really a hater thing. And if you see my shirt or my apron, you know I cooked it. I think the thing people got to realize, James my partner, but James is an employee. James is, is an employee of Big Papa Smokers. If if James wasn't being paid, he would not be there. James doesn't particularly like it. He likes cooking with me. But, I mean, seriously, um, it, it's really, it's okay. They can say that, but, I mean, James wasn't with me when I won the Royal. Jody was. Um, I won several times. Then. I love James. I, James has made me a better cook. Yeah. But I just love everybody looks for an excuse to sell you short. And, um, you know. I got four, 30 to 40 items with Scott Rodriguez and BJ's and James wasn't there. And, you know, and James worries that it's going to affect his job. And it's not because I love James Perez. James Perez was a truck driver that drove for the Vans Warped Tour for me. Um, when I, when the guys on the team quit because they had babies, I went to HR. I said, who can I use to drive the truck? And they said, anybody but James. I said, have James, be, have James be there at noon and be ready to go. And James was supposed to just disappear. But James took notes. And so I showed up next, the next contest, and he had things set up for me. I said, this is cool. So James, you know how to cook? He goes, never cooked anything in my life. I said, okay, I'll teach you how to cook chicken. So that's how it started. Yeah. But, no, I mean, look, and I take that all the time. I mean, and. Uh, so if he leaves, it's, he's not going to start James the Flame barbecue competition team. He's not into it like that. I don't think so. Jaime Grande Barbacoa. That's that's his, that's the oh. Hispanic James team. Yeah. I made or T-shirts that. to say that. Look, it's not that big a deal. It's just something, you know. And the funny thing though is to hear somebody come up to me and be really nice to me, say, "Man, I really need help with my ribs," and I tell them, and then I see on Facebook them congratulating James, you know, for the good cook and you know a little dig. So I I think that's funny. James does too. Uh, so where do you see, or, or do you hope your contest total will be at the end of the year? Oh, I mean, you still man. shooting like a 10 or, or 15. I know you said well, you I, were thinking you would be down. I, I, I try and do 25 and I, I couldn't get 16 before this happened. Yep. And, and so I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I think I got five, um, and I'd be surprised if I get more than seven or eight. I mean, that's if it opens up in June or July. There's just no, there's no place to cook out here. Uh, for the folks that are interested in looking at you cook, is there a, what, can I just go like bigpapasmokers.com and you're posting content there or is it somewhere else or do you have a multiple yeah, and, channels? And, and also I have a blog called um, cookingwithbigpapa.com, P-O-P-P-A. Uh, and, you know, uh, the Sterling Big Papa Ball page. You know, it's funny. That's one I use for guitar and music. I only have one personal social media outlet and that's instagram but so a lot of people will send me a friend request personally and i think i have 200 
people following me, which is too many. <laughs> 199 <laughs> too many. Not everybody. You're out. <laughs> Already? Jeez. No, I love you, Greg. Yeah. Look, I think people don't know. We talk all the time, though. I mean, we have our own little barbecue central shows. Yeah, those are like I always tell people. You know, if you're in on YouTube watching the show, there's a chat going. Like that's the show within the show. Fifty percent of the time, they're giving me feedback on the show, but fifty percent of the time, they're not talking about anything that's happening on the show. They have their own little show going. Uh, that's like yeah. our phone calls offline. You know, it's a whole different show that's happening uh, from the show that's happening here. Hey, how good a job is Emily doing? Uh, I- I'm. She's got the national championship with the, with the title sponsor, Smithfield. Yeah, Smithfield um, back. I, I mean, that, that's kind of a coup in its own from uh, how I understand it was how it was being yeah. handled prior to her getting on there. I don't know. I don't want to talk about that except for I'm seeing uh, KCBS post uh, a lot of a lot of good content uh, highlighting different cooks that wouldn't, you know, then mm-hmm. that never happened. I, no. I think that there really, there's been a lot of... Um, a lot of controversy, a lot of red tape. I think things are but I think things are getting better. And I know that there's going to be some more announcements, but I, I think I think judging is going to get better. I think that um, I, I think the contests are going to get better. I think we should plan on fewer of them. We shouldn't be afraid of making some changes. And I also think cooks really need to be nicer. And I see this all the time on social media. Um, you look at people that are really cooking from their heart and just cooking food and on Instagram, like Derek in Nashville has over a million followers and Sasquatch I think is 400,000 and they're cooking for the joy of cooking and they're cooking stuff that's relatable and they're friendly and they're helpful. And I think we might've missed a little bit of when, when, when the bright light and the pitmaster effect was on us, I think we could have, we could have made more of it and made it last a little longer. Yeah. Uh, Anything else happening in the short term before I let you go? Well, I'm I'm gonna probably put shoes on tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and go to the supermarket for the first time. Oh dear! I mean, I'm I'm, I'm locked down. Can't I'm you just, uh, get on your app and and have that waiting for you? You're not gonna go in the store, right? Well, Instacart's striking, and I want to strike them because <laughs> I get bags that you know we ordered something. See, was was I like on LSD when I placed this order, <laughs> or did this person just put anything in the bag yeah. and dump it off? So that's we haven't gotten an order that's even close to right. So I'm learning how to cook with things I've never cooked before. Well, I mean that's uh you know uh, silver linings always here on this show. I'm getting people I haven't been able to get in years. And, uh, you know, if you're not getting the the groceries you ordered, you're still able to create, perhaps be a little bit more creative than you thought you were going to have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, it's fun. Greg, you made a pivot with your show. You, you went less competition and more Backyard. wildfire outdoor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a pivot. And I think that's what we did as a store too. And I think that's why we were up pretty significantly last year. And it was from outdoor cooks, which is cool. All right, so uh, find Sterling everywhere on social media, bigpapasmokers.com, of course, the main website. Get all your stuff there. Uh, you're fully stocked, and you're fully open, and you're ready to fulfill orders ASAP, correct? Absolutely. Well, there's there right now it, there's a delay because everything, all of America's commerce yeah. is online. But, yeah, we're shipping the orders, you know, as soon as we can, which is, you know, within a day, maybe two. So, but yeah, we are open and we are we do have a lot of cool stuff going on. All right, and check so out his cooking videos too. Yeah, I mean it's uh, they're they're really good, great recipes, and 
ones that the whole family is going to like. He's one of the most prolific pitmasters in the past 10 years, the world champion and longtime sponsor of this show. It's Sterling Ball. Sterling, always appreciate the time. Thank you, Greg. Wash your hands. I will. Keep proper social distance, for crying out loud. Got to do that. Got to keep the proper social distance. All right. We are a little behind. That's all right. Again, his website is bigpapasmokers.com, but you knew that because I read it going into that segment. And everything is available. They're open. They're ready for business. All that. And we're back to wrap up right after this. Stick around. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, we are closing it out here. Thanks again to Sterling for joining me last segment. And uh, as I say, if you are just interested in cooking in general, go ahead and check him out. BigPapaSmokers.com or CookingWithBigPapa.com is the website to go. See what recipes he's up to. Thanks for hanging with me a little bit later than normal, about five minutes. Don't forget, sign up for the Smoke Sheet, a free weekly newsletter that keeps you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world. As told to us by Sean Ludwig a couple segments ago. BBQNewsletter.com to do that. A great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Chad Ward from Traeger Grills. TraegerGrills.com, Whiskey Bent Barbecue, and the Whiskey Bent Barbecue Supply Store down there in Florida. Second hour, Sean Ludwig from the Smoke Sheet. And wrapping it up with Sterling Ball. Next Next week... Malcolm Reed, locked in. Sam the Cooking Guy, locked in. Mike Lang, another pint please, locked in, making his reappearance on the show. Plenty more after that. I will have our embedded correspondents that have moved on to round two of the American Idol Barbecue Central Show edition reveal their songs. And we are locked. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, and this 